a company in Birmingham that was looking to revamp their network completely, and they now decided to move completely their IT organization to Montgomery just to have a presence at the Internet Exchange. Welcome to Episode 195 of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. Montgomery, Alabama is home to a significant Department of Defense presence. When the city and the Department of Defense found the area was lacking the infrastructure needed for both economic development and military purposes, it was time to take action. In February, the city announced that it would be partnering to develop Alabama's first carrier neutral location, or CNL. A CNL is a space owned and maintained by a neutral party where Internet service providers can connect to each other. Not long ago, the community of Steamboat Springs, Colorado embarked on a similar project. This week, Chris learns about Montgomery's project from Ben Venable, project manager of Montgomery's Cyber Connection. He explains how and why the project came about, as well as the long and short-term plans the city has for its internet exchange. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell, and today I'm speaking with Ben Venerable, project manager for the Montgomery Cyber Connection in Montgomery, Alabama. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. So let's start off with just a brief description uh, for people who haven't been there. You know, how big is Montgomery? What kind of city is it? Well, Montgomery is the uh, capital city for the state of Alabama, and uh, we have about uh, 205,000 uh, residents here uh, currently. We are a uh, a city that is uh, kind of stuck between Birmingham and Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and, and Atlanta, Georgia. So we uh, have to stay on our toes for opportunities, and uh, it, it's quite a uh, nice place to be because we have a large uh, Air Force presence here, uh, Department of Defense, uh, Maxwell Air Force Base, and, and Gunner Air Force Base, uh, along with being the the capital city and then the city of Montgomery itself having such a, a great and a uh, long history, um, it is just uh, a, a place where a lot of things happen. So that's the way I look at it. We're going to be talking today about what you've done in terms of uh, the, the city helping to create a, an Internet exchange point, uh, the first one um, in Alabama. Um, and uh, But before we get there, I'd like to just get a sense of, you know, before you even entertained this idea, what, what problems had you identified that you felt needed to be fixed? A lot of it was infrastructure. Uh, Montgomery has uh, AT&T was our, it has been our largest telecommunications provider um, since 1900, and they uh, have a presence in Montgomery and had built out basically uh, what was adequate for them to serve the area as it, as it stands now. But in order for us to grow into the, the high-tech market and to support the things that are going on at, at Maxwell Air Force Base and at, at the Gunner Annex where a large DISA presence is, we have one of three main DISA data centers uh, on Gunner that's here within the city, and, and this is the Defense Information Systems Agency. They are the backbone for uh, the DOD. They they traverse Air Force, Army, Navy, uh, and, and the other DOD agencies. So we're really lucky to have them here 
uh, in the city. But the main thing really was infrastructure. And to be honest with you, it was the uh, division of General Stephen Quast, who is the commander of Air University located at Maxwell. And General Quast wanted to bring or has, has brought a cyber college, um, which is a DOD-sanctioned uh, cyber uh, institution as part of Air University, but part of General Quas' vision was to provide a way for his students to collaborate with other university students that were also working on cyber research. And so the, the common, I guess, beginnings of this was the fact that Akamai has a long uh, relationship with the Air Force, and General Quas wanted a commercially available uh, mirror of the Akamai servers that are on Gunner and serving the Air Force network. So from there, and, and Akamai being content delivery, it just kind of naturally uh, flowed into creating the Internet Exchange uh, because not only would Akamai be able to serve the military partners on a commercial network, they would also be able to serve the rest of the citizens of the city of Montgomery, and now uh, the rest of the state of Alabama as it has turned out. And honestly, being able to serve the rest of Alabama wasn't really on our, our radar at the beginning, but it certainly has become that now. So it's kind of grown on its own, to be uh, perfectly honest about that. Not unlike the internet itself, um, Akamai is a—it's uh, an interesting company for people who may not be familiar. It's uh, you know, if I had a massive company that had to deliver uh, file downloads to people all over the world, I would probably just give that to Akamai, and they would—they would do it for me, uh, you know, and I pay them to do it on a contract. Um, that's uh, content delivery, as as you noted. Um, you know, one of the things I guess I'm I'm interested in is knowing that this was in part motivated by, uh, you know, military thinkers you know I, I don't think people are aware of how the internet works because there's this popular mythology that it was it's a it's a really robust spider web in that if nuclear weapons were to strike the United States the grid would stay up um, but you don't have any place where you have internet exchanges in Alabama previously uh, you're you're going out of state to, to do interconnection is that right uh, that is correct. We are between Dallas and Atlanta, so the majority of, of let's just say, uh, and, and take for instance residential internet, uh, right now is primarily served by WOW networks and charter communications. So those two entities would pull their content out of either the Atlanta Exchange or the uh, the one in Dallas. So we're traversing a large number of miles just for our uh, um, just the city of Montgomery and the surrounding area. And it's the same with Huntsville, Alabama and Birmingham, Alabama as well. And, and you're correct about or having one place where everything goes through. And I think the, the common denominator in all of this is the building in downtown Atlanta, 56 Marietta Street, where all of the communications in the southeast go through at some point or other. And uh, if something were to happen to that area of, of Atlanta, then um, we'd be out of of telephone and cell phone service and internet for a while. Uh, and, and that's one of the opportunities we have now by putting an internet exchange in Montgomery is we become, if you will, the failover point for Atlanta, Georgia. 
For people who maybe didn't catch it, we did a few shows back uh, an interview with uh, Andrew Blum, who wrote a book called Tubes, and he talked about the role of Internet Exchange Points. So I don't plan on spending a lot of time going over that. Uh, but um, can you briefly tell us what the city did uh, and, uh, and what the expected impact will be? We started the, the first plan or the original plan was to connect uh, via a dark fiber Air Force, uh, Maxwell Air Force Base and Gunner Air Force Base to a facility downtown that was built by the Retirement Systems of Alabama. Now, the Retirement Systems of Alabama is a, an agency of the state of Alabama that is responsible for all of the retirement uh, for teachers and uh, justices and public state employees, uh, and they take some of that money that they're um, – kind of guarding for retirement and they invest it. And one of the buildings that they they were building in downtown Montgomery back in 2012, they had the foresight of putting a data center in. And that data center was the the center point for the exchange to exist because the internet service providers that are in Montgomery are already in that building. But the the main thing was in trying to connect Gunner and Maxwell with a place to house Akamai, which naturally would have would go in the RSA data center. Um, we were reading the original agreement that Akamai had sent uh, for the city to to sign, which had a lot of their standard things in there. We have to the city has to provide rack space for the Akamai servers. We have to provide power, and we have to um, provide some transit back-end internet for Akamai to manage the servers and fill the content, but in reading the agreement as it stood, the only entity that would get the benefit of Akamai being on the network was whoever we were uh, contracting with for the transit. And it just didn't make any sense that the city was paying for rack space and power and transit internet and the citizens wouldn't get anything out of it. So the only way really to provide that was to put an internet exchange in so that Akamai is a participant in the exchange and then any network uh, with an ASN that wanted to come in and join the exchange could also peer with other networks and get the benefit of, of Akamai content. So and that's just grown too because now we're looking at other content delivery networks such as Netflix, Google, uh, Microsoft in particular because the state being here just a couple of blocks where I'm talking to you from now uh, is a large user of Microsoft products. So that's uh, just an, an added or value add for the state having the exchange here as well. So that really is how it happened, was just having Akamai available to everybody else rather than just the one entity providing the transit to them. In researching the Internet Exchange, we found a, a think tank, a, a group out in California called Packet Clearinghouse, that that's what they do. They set exchanges up. And, and, and talking to them, they offered to send us the switch that we are now using to create the exchange. And one of their things was we didn't want to over-invest. So you start out with 1 gig, 10 gig, and a limited number of 40 gig ports, and then as your exchange grows, uh, then at some point you may want to upgrade to a switch that can handle 100 gig, and that's where we kind of want to go two, three, five years down the road. But right now, 10 gigs is great. 
having the data center already, I'm curious what are the what are the costs involved with uh, being able to facilitate uh, you know more parties being able to come in and interconnect. The only major cost really would be the rack space, which is nine hundred dollars a month. Uh, for a, a standard APC rack in the data center, and then the the power's running us about nine cents a kilowatt hour. Um, Akamai has been working with us on some of the transit piece for that, and they have been very helpful in some of the things that that other exchanges do. And since Akamai is in just about every other exchange in the world. They, they're pretty good at knowing what other exchanges are doing. So they've been helping us a little bit uh, with the transit part of it. But the, the main expense really has just been the rack space and the power. The, um, the switch itself that's acting as the Internet exchange is in the meet me room of the data center. So that is uh, being uh, provided uh, free of charge. Uh, the RSA folks um, are paying the power and the rack space for that to be there, which is exactly where it's supposed to be. So one of the things we wanted to do was set this up correctly and do it right from the beginning, and I think we're seeing the fruits of that now. In one of the articles that I saw, it sounded like it was the direct cost to the city in terms of uh, one-time costs is around $200,000, um, mostly for consulting-type fees. How did that break down? Well, that was just in, in trying to help us get it set up. Um, most of the Internet service providers that we talked to had provided um, just assistance here and there. That $200,000 was a um, expense that the city and Montgomery County uh, as a separate entity helped to handle, and that was just to create more of a fund, if you will, for these other things to be paid out of, the $900 a month for the rack fee. Uh, also, we had a, uh, a deal back while we were trying to get this off the ground. Uh, WOW Networks, Chameleon Communications out of Greenville, Alabama, and then Troy Cablevision out of Troy, Alabama, being the first uh, three entities to join the exchange, we gave them six months free on their port fees and we waived their connection costs. So that $200,000 was just the first pool of money that had been put up to, to pay some of these startup expenses. And um, once we get into an uh, environment where we're able to move the exchange itself into a nonprofit, which is what they've done uh, with the Seattle Internet Exchange, uh, we're definitely uh, looking at, at moving that direction. And at that point, it will truly be a neutral Internet exchange in the spirit of the other Internet exchanges uh, also being neutral. One of the things that we've seen is there's been a, a threat from some companies that, that have been taking over Internet exchanges. And it, by making it a nonprofit, does that mean you'll assure its independence for a long period of time? That is certainly the hope. Internet exchange typically are run by the, the member organizations or the ISPs that are connected to it. Um, so it's kind of self-perpetuating. The, the port fees are, are gathered to pay the expenses of the exchange and at some point to provide funds to purchase a, an upgrade in equipment when that time comes. So that's where we're headed with that being a nonprofit, and yes, it is it is uh, in the spirit of keeping it neutral and um, independent. 
Well, I think it's pretty amazing when you consider um, a two hundred thousand dollar investment cost. Um, you know, some small ongoing costs. Um, when when you look at some of the expectations, uh, there's public officials were saying that they think the economic impact will be huge. There's an expectation that it could be as large as some of the large automotive uh, billion dollar investments in in, in factories. That that is true, and uh, with the Air Force particularly being a partner in this, and and General Quast's vision uh, of doing the cyber research uh, collaboration here in Montgomery has certainly driven the the need for what we call a futures laboratory to allow the actual uh, collaboration of the university students to take place. So, what that brings to the table is. If you've got cyber research going on in the state of Alabama, and particularly in the city of Montgomery, then that's where people are going to want to locate their companies that are doing cyber research or involved in the cyber uh, defense industry in general. Plus, there is a, a significant amount of what our CIO, Lou Elachi, likes to call millennials in town that are entrepreneurs. They're writing applications or apps for uh, all kinds of things. They're involved with the entrepreneurial environment that's here. So the exchange has added to that excitement, and, and particularly as it's been, been dubbed the, the younger generation that are doing these these creative things with the Internet, with uh, data in general, and then uh, it just opens the door to all kinds of things. Uh, I was told a story uh, just yesterday about a, a company in Birmingham that was looking to revamp their IT uh, network completely, and they're now decided to move completely their IT organization to Montgomery just to have a presence at the Internet Exchange. So. It's not going to happen immediately, and we knew it would be a slow process, but uh, it is actually happening quicker than I thought. Uh, so it is a great opportunity that really just kind of fell together. All the, all the pieces fell together and has been a, a great ride for me because I've enjoyed being on it from the ground floor. Well, tell me if I'm oversimplifying, but the Internet Exchange, if, if another person, another city, another organization wanted to do something like this in, in their community, uh, you basically need a secure facility, you need air conditioning, you need, um, you know, like um, ideally the ability to withstand a tornado, uh, those sorts of things. Um, what else would you need? I explain it like this. The, there are some cities that you go to, and there are some cities you go through. If you look at Atlanta it being a, a large city, you have to go through Atlanta to get somewhere else. If I'm driving to Washington, D.C. from Montgomery, I probably am going to have to go through Atlanta. You're going to have to have places where your networks are coming together. It, it would have to be large enough of an entity or a city where you're going to have more than one Internet service provider. And you're going to have to have not just the data center itself, but you're going to have to have somebody that knows how to set the switch up, uh, the switch fabric for the Internet exchange, and maintain it. And um, there's just a, other little nuances that go in than just having a data center and just having a, a switch to do interconnections. You got to have people that want to interconnect, and that's the slow part. Putting the hardware and the equipment in is easy, but getting people to actually use it for what it's intended—that's that's the challenge. 
Well, I absolutely agree. And I think that's typically the the warning I'll, I'll give local governments when we talk about this sort of thing is to say, this is not a build it and they will come. This is a find partners ahead of time before you build it. Um, you know, one of the things I saw that I that I found interesting was the local ISPs. You mentioned Troy and, and WOW. Um, there was an article in the Montgomery Adv- uh, Advertiser that uh, quoted the WOW network architect James Ashton saying it cost him tens of thousands thousands of dollars to haul his traffic all around the country um, and that this exchange is going to be terrific for them. It's going to allow them to offer better services. And and he said everyone sees it as neutral, so everyone's willing to connect to it. Nobody's not going to connect. And he said there's no downside to a local internet exchange. Um, but in my experience, it's, it's more the smaller and local ISPs that are interested in content companies, certainly. But I was just out in Seattle and we were talking about the exchange there and how Comcast still refuses to appear uh you know they want to they want to do their own thing for the most part and i'm i'm are you seeing that sort of dynamic where it's more the local guys that are more interested in peering james ashton first of all i'd, I'd like to thank him for his help and advice with wow certainly if it hadn't been for him and, and his expertise uh, none of this really would have, have come to the forefront so uh thank you for mentioning him james is a is a great guy but I don't know about Comcast. I'm not familiar with Comcast as a customer because Comcast is not in Montgomery. But these other networks, it has been uh, a challenge to get them to see the benefits of doing it. A lot of times they, what we're doing now works. We don't want to change it. The bigger guys, though, particularly in Montgomery, they're having to haul all of the data from here to Atlanta or Dallas when they could be doing the interconnections here. Um, and I think when you get a, a number, and I don't know what the critical mass number is, but hypothetically, if you had all 200 and some odd thousand customers or people in Montgomery that were all pulling Netflix at the same time, uh, and it would be coming served out of Atlanta, that's just not going to work very well. So I don't know what Comcast particularly was thinking on that. The other networks that we've we've talked to have... And like James said, there is no downside. If you're getting your content here locally and you're able to to exchange traffic or, or do your peering here locally and you're not having to pay to haul it to Atlanta and then haul it back from Atlanta, because you got to remember you're paying for the round trip, uh, then then he's right. There is no downside to it. I guess it just really is the stance of each individual network and how they're configured and set up, to be honest with you. Well, and this is where I'd like to just come back and bring the military back into it, because I think, you know, when you're when your life and you're focused on the military, you have a, a, a different set of concerns. Uh, you know, you're thinking more about edge cases that could be terrible. And uh, big companies, uh, you know, your AT&T, your Comcast types, um, you know, they have an interest in centralizing things to keep their costs low. They already have networks all over the country. Whereas I think when you're in the military, you're really thinking, we need resilience. We need the ability to to keep operations up no matter what happens. And that seems to be the motivation of uh, of your Air Force bases. And, you know, I think that's what you need in order to be having the cyber command or the cyber institutes there. Am I Am I reading that right? No, you're you're reading that exactly right, but you've got to remember the the uh, the Air Force as part of the Department of Defense. They have their own dot mil network, so this would be their participation in in the cyber research and their participation in the Internet Exchange, and their leverage is actually what got Akamai interested in coming to Montgomery. And I will be 
perfectly honest with you, if Akamai had not said we will put our equipment in Montgomery, none of this would have come to pass. So we, we really want to thank Akamai for taking a risk at the advice of the request of General Quast and the Air Force to be present in Montgomery for this to happen. Um, and the Air Force has had to bear some, some costs. They had to purchase a commercial network completely separate from the dot mill side uh, in, in order for a lot of this to happen out at Air University. So their commercial internet is being provided by WOW, which is, is one of the reasons WOW was interested in making this uh, a success and have been instrumental and a partner with this the whole time. Uh, so you're right, the Air Force has been a driving factor, but the network that they're using to make this happen is completely separate from the dot mill side that, that happens internally to the DOD. Okay. Well, I'm just excited because I think this is one of those things most people aren't aware of, um, how important it is to make sure that, that we have these internet exchange points and uh, the more the merrier. Um, so thank you for telling us more about how you got yours up and congratulations on setting up the first one in Alabama. Hey, well, thank you. I have enjoyed being a part of it, and I certainly am, am excited to see where this is going. The uh, the partnerships that we're now forging statewide, uh, I feel like, will help us address some of our infrastructure issues. But if you have any other questions, feel free to let me know. The uh, website for the Internet Exchange is www.mix-al.net. So if you have any questions, I'll be happy to answer them. Terrific. That was Chris and Ben Venable, Project Manager for CyberConnection, Montgomery, Alabama's new carrier-neutral location. As Ben mentioned in the interview, you can learn more about the project at mix-al.net. Send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast.muninetworks.org. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. You can also follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter at muninetworks.org. Thank you, Kathleen Martin, for the song Player vs. Player, licensed through Creative Commons. And thank you for listening to episode 195 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast.